And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 630, continuing our team-by-team previews for the 2024 fantasy baseball season. Getting close to wrapping up the AL Central. Got one more team after this one. And we're talking Detroit Tigers baseball, a team that's on the rise. I think we can all be used to like kind of tongue-in-cheek that. I think it's legit now. We, we, we saw Torque last year and a few others. Pitching staff's getting good with Scooble and company. We'll break it all down for you for your fantasy season. In order to do so, friend of the show, friend of mine, friend that helped us break it down last year, you can find him as one of the four of the quartet at Triple Play Fantasy. He's the one and only on Twitter at Marty underscore Tom, Tallman. Marty Tallman, how are we doing, my friends? I'm doing fantastic. It's nice to talk about baseball, thinking about the spring, thinking about a, a warmer, brighter time as I'm now in the middle of that Midwest storm and it is snowing like crazy and it's going to be 11 degrees outside tomorrow. So uh, we're not going to be going too many places. So it's nice to mentally escape it. So Bubba, thank you. No problem. I'm glad I could help. Glad I could yeah. help. Um, you know, spring training right is like a, a month away, so it's even better potentially. But uh, whew, we were talking before the show. I don't know how you guys do it out there in, in cold country, is what I'll just call it. Because we had frost, like freeze here for the last two weeks. And that was the first yeah. time we were like, okay, it's cold in the morning now. It can get chilly up there. It gets, you know, pretty cold. But yeah, I mean, 11 degrees. I mean, that's like, that's even cold for here. That's more like Minnesota stuff. But yeah, uh, that's like your high. Like my low is 29 this morning. So it's like no fun. No fun. Uh, so. But yeah, yeah, baseball, brighter, brighter, better times. Well, let's do it. Let's talk Detroit Tigers. And before we get into the players for the 2024 season, just as like a fan's perspective, if you want, how do you think the 2023 season wrapped up as like I, I did say, and I wasn't really being sarcastic, the team is getting better. They're a young team that's improving. There's optimism to be had there. What did you, uh, you take away from the 2023 season? Yeah, so the first six to eight weeks leaves a bad taste in your mouth as a fan. So it's hard to get over that and to be able to zoom out and look at the entire um, the entire year. But we, you get rid of those first two months. We're basically a 500 squad. And for what we had going into the um, into the year, I was pleasantly surprised with that. Uh, I think the hitting somewhat coming around. Uh, the pitching is still a big question mark as we're constantly moving pieces in and out. And the young guys really haven't stepped up too much outside of a trick scoop. Well, who will, we will get to here shortly. But yeah, the Casey Mize, they're fighting over $25,000 right now for sure. arbitration. Uh, so the team, it, it, it's, on an, uh, it's, it's on an upswing a little bit, but our, uh, I wouldn't go overboard. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. It's fun. On the bright side, just the, the upswing to 500 that might make them relevant to the AL Central discussion it's later true. in the season. So that's the fun I part. I think about this, this all the time, Bubba, that like this was the time you had about eight, ten years, and you're still kind of in the middle of it, where like if you were an AL Central team, if you really wanted to win the AL Central, you could possibly do it every single year. There's been no easier time to take a hold. But it's like all of them got together, like the five families and the godfather, and they said, hey, how about this? None of us are going to try, and we're yeah. all just going to try to make as much money as possible. I think they all shook hands, and uh, it's been a gentleman's agreement since. You each get like three good players, and then the rest yeah. of it just figure it out. And we yep. none of us spend money like over a certain limit. Very simple game, folks. There you go. Um, so we'll talk about it, and that's where youth comes into play to make teams better. And Parker Meadows, um, big season in the minors last year, nineteen homers, nineteen steals, gets called up, plays thirty-seven games for the team. Definitely had his ups and downs, like a youngster would, but there was optimism in the end. I would say. And right now he's coming in with an ADP around 280, give or take, what what drafts you're in. He's gone as high as 210 over the last 10 drafts, so he's getting some love in that regard. Uh, what's your thoughts on Meadows this year, who should be an everyday player for the Tigers? So looking at his profile, right now he's a pull hitter with maybe slightly above 
average contact skills. Now I say that with, you know, he had 145 plate appearances in the bigs. So we got to kind of, no one really knows yet. So I don't want to overshoot it here, but steamer projects him for 15 home runs, 13 steals with a 234 batting average. I agree with the batting average and the steals. He was, he's in the 90th percentile uh, in speed, but I think 15 home runs might even be at like the top range of his outcomes. Uh, max exit velocity was in the 39th percentile. Uh, it's just the, the swing. I just haven't seen the power there. So I think 12 home runs, 13 steals, 240 batting average. I think that's playable like in a deep, deep league. Like if he's your fifth or sixth outfielder in a 15 team league that you'll probably keep on some weeks or maybe drop others. I think that's kind of where he's at. But if we're being honest, Alex Verdugo is going about 10 picks later. And why, why wouldn't you just do that? Fair enough. Yeah, it gets, I'm so torn on the Meadows thing. That's why I love doing these preview shows because there's always a handful of players on each team where I'm like, eh. And Meadows is one because, like, we saw the AAA numbers. Um, and then what you mentioned last year kind of, like, struggles, but small sample. So where's the optimism? But you pointed to a few things that really stand out there that kind of maybe limit his, like, fantasy upside. And maybe just another year or two away, too. You never know. He's still so young. But um, it, it has tempered my expectations. Early, early draft season, like when us degenerates really get at it, he was uh, even cheaper. So it was much more appealing at that point in time. Yeah. But now he's creeping up ADP. Like I said, he's gone as high as 210. Like that's way too rich for my blood. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if you're around, around the 19th, you know, if you get him in the 19th round, you know, I think that'll be fine. Um, but like I said, Alex Verdugo is kind of in that. Yeah. And I kind of put them together because, of the, you know, top of the order. Very we assume he's going to stay at the top of the order, uh, yeah. Parker. At this point, he, he he did last year, and at this point, he currently is. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't increase his contact skills, and because he does not walk enough, so you can't have your leadoff batter batting two thirty. True. So uh, that's why I'm not I'm not all in on him. I don't have him anywhere yet either. Um, but I, you know. Yep, we'll see how that one. We'll see how it pans out. The one th- this next player is a player that I have invested in. Um, I'm very curious to see your like I literally just took a pick in the draft and I took someone else instead of him to kind of like quote unquote diversify because I don't want to go all in on Riley Green. Okay. But I'm very excited on Riley Green. Uh, I need to know if I need to temper my expectations or not. Obviously, he was supposed to start the year with the big team, but then he got hurt. Still played 99 games, 11 homers, seven steals, hit 288, which I like to see. He's going like 100 picks higher than Parker Meadows. He's around 175, 180, give or take. So what's our thoughts on Riley Green? Should we be optimistic on him? Am I being crazy and maybe temper those expectations? What are you seeing? I would temper him. Um, and the reason, well, long term, let me be honest. Okay, first off, long term, I'm huge on Riley Green in real life as a fan, dynasty, everything. But at his current ADP for next year, he's going around 10, 10th, 11th round. Is that where you're seeing him go? Um, he's about 17, yeah, give or take. He's like 17, he's probably around 11 or 12. Okay, 11 or 12. So at that current ADP, I just, I'm not going to do it. And the reason being, he's coming off Tommy John surgery. You know, he just had surgery in September. And AJ Hinch said he's very optimistic on his return for opening day. Um, But then his doctor said it's going to be a long, long winter of rehab for him. But the surgery was necessary. So what we're going to see from Riley, it's not like he's going to be able to be working on his craft. It's not like he's going to be able to go to drive line or be able to really use the uh, the facilities. He's going to just be rehabbing an injury. I know he's young. He's 
it's almost like getting injured is like a hobby of his because every single year he's rehabbing something. So he's good at rehab. So I guess, you know, he has a good work. And that comes back. <laughs> there's a, and, the, and there's a, there's a certain work ethic to ha- rehab and being able to come back quickly. So, I, but if at, at that certain time coming off Tommy John, we saw it with Bryce, his uh, Bryce Harper, his shoulder was injured. Uh, he pretty much kind of did the same thing and we didn't see his power for the first two months of the season. Riley Green doesn't have that much power to begin with. So what are we talking about if he comes back and he's not, you know, 100%. So right now I'm, I'm moving on. Unless we see, you know, if you're doing your your late drafts in March, you know, or closer to the season and he's in spring hitting home runs and the exit velocity's there, then great. But as of right now, I, I'm not doing it. Yeah, that's good to know because, yeah, I thought he was – in a safer boat, but it's good. And this is why we do team previews. And people actually pay much more attention to each team because that Would is. Would you rather have Lars Newbar? I like Lars a lot. I know some people are kind of wishy-washy, but I probably would rather have Lars just knowing. You could wait more. two about two rounds and get him. 20 home runs, nine stolen bases projected from Steamer. So if, if, I'm, if I'm in that kind of, I want a contact guy or at least a guy who gets on base at Newbar's, um, you know, with runs and everything like that, I'm going to wait for Lars. Let's just say I'm in round 12 of my DC and I was looking at Riley Green and instead I took Chaz McCormick. Let's put it that way. Okay. So that's kind of where I was weighing between players like that. That's kind of who is, at least for outfield, I needed outfield. So that's what I was looking at in that regard. Now, right or wrong. I think that's a good pivot because he's he's kind of in the same. I mean, he came out of nowhere, to be honest. I didn't really have him too much on my my board coming into last year. So yeah, it's like, um, Chaz it's like, McCormick did well. It's like Chaz, Riley Green, Masataka, Yoshida, James Outman, Lars Newpar. They're all kind of going together right there. I would take um, Yoshida. Yeah, he's out of the only thing with them. Yoshida that concerns me a little bit, and it's just maybe a stupid concern. I don't know how much power is really there. That's my only con- concern. But at overall hitter, you're probably 100% correct. I'm not going to disagree. Yeah, I think he'll hit him and Riley will probably have roughly around the same amount of home runs. And I can oh. bet better on his batting average. A team context, what do you think? Either you think Red Sox, Red Sox or, I still like yeah. at least the top half of that lineup still very strong. Like a very especially yeah. I'm a believer in Trevor Story, maybe not being, you know, peak Rocky story, but still a very good Trevor right. story. He's being got, slept on right now. Exactly. You got Devers yeah. and some other guys. I think the, the top half of that lineup is still pretty strong. Yep. So I'm there. Talk about pretty strong and a lot of power. Spencer Torkelson, aka Torque. It's pretty much in the name, folks. This guy, 31 bombs last year. The second half was glorious. Um, still, you know, batting average 233. Uh, strikeouts, not as bad as you'd expect for a dude that just pounds baseballs. The 25% is very palatable. What's your thoughts on Torque this year? Because the expectations are high. ADP is yep. around 115. Um, it's the conversation. Casas or Torque is what people like to use a lot. So what's your thoughts on Spencer Torkelson? Yeah, so Torque I'm actually really big on. Uh, starting in June, Torkelson completely altered his swing. And I was just talking about this on the uh, Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show, which you just tune in each week um, as I get my my plug in there. But no, I was just uh, just talking with the guys. And uh, Torkelson, starting in June, he changed his launch angle. It's the 17.1, the exact same launch angle as Jordan Alvarez. You might have heard of him. He knows how to hit bombs as well. Um, And he really, more importantly, he really focused on pulling the ball. And by doing that, he completely ignored any pitches near his knees, anything on the outside of the plate. He only swung at pitches, obviously, middle, middle, but more importantly, middle in, and specifically up. And from the time he did that, that's when we see him hit those 27 home runs over those few months. 
So um, I love that he changed his approach for the year. He barreled the ball more times than Mookie Betts, Bobby Witt, Raphael Devers, and Kyle Schwarber. So I'm not just like drinking the the Tigers Kool-Aid here. I'm actually more harsh on the Tigers than all the other teams because I watched them so much. Yeah. Um, so I think ultimately it comes down to I'm buying into a second half gains. Mm-hmm. Everything that I that I saw him do over the second half, I think that's something he can easily bring over to next year. He's you know number one overall pick. He's was always credited as having really good eye, really good contact. So I think he, he's made that uh, alteration and I. 40 home runs, I think, is in is in his range of outcomes. Uh, and where he's currently going, let's say if he hits the, the floor of t- uh, 30, 32 home runs, that's still fine. Yeah. Uh, and I see his batting average being around 250 because he has a, a career batting at, uh, bad dip of 269. And with how hard he hits the ball, he's just gotten unlucky. So I think I could see that creep up to 250, maybe he hits you 35 home runs and, you know, Last year, he played in 159 games. So you're not going to have to worry about him sitting out. He wants to play every single day he can. So if you can get him like in, I have him, I drafted him in the eighth round of the Gladiator we were in together. Okay. So I, I, where he's where he's going, I'm taking him. Yep. I don't I don't hate it at all. I've told people like the cost is first torque debate. It's like cost is probably better average potential for 35 to 40 homers torque probably does hit 35 to 40 homers might have a little less batting average yep. kind of pick your poison. What do you need in your draft? But there's I, a round between them, right? Like you can wait on. Torque yeah. That extra they, round. There's they, they've been like, yeah, Costas has gotten a little more steam of late. So he's going or like mm-hmm. when, when drafts first started, they're almost like right next to each other. Okay. Yeah. And they definitely are starting to stretch out. You're hundred percent correct there. So I, I think it's, I love torque. And, and one thing about this Tigers team, as, as I keep looking at the, the, the outline we have here, this was a team that I think <laughs> I added and dropped so many players here throughout the season because they're very oh, yeah. stre- streamable at times. Yep. Very, very good moments for them. And and Torque was one you added and didn't drop again when you when you grabbed him. And I remember preaching it forever. And I hope Bloomfield listens to this episode because that was one of those where Bloomfield um I, I take many L's, but Bloomfield will take L's too. And he thought I was crazy, like talking about what you mentioned, like the hard hit rate, the, the barrel, what he started adjusting, and he started seeing this thing. And I'm like, this yep. is where playing DFS paid off for me because I'm like, I've seen this every day, guys. And he's cheap like get in on this and i think it's legit i'm with you it's something i say about andrew vaughn a lot different players but the first round pick pedigree thing both really good hitters torques the power vaughn's more the average with a little bit of power still but like people gave up on vaughn so quick and maybe he's not this elite guy but he's going to be very serviceable like pretty darn good we're torque in the same respect people like right out the gate people like oh no like look at him he's struggling this that and the other Got comfortable, started doing his Me thing. Me included, I, I you know, because yeah. I wear my heart on my sleeve with this team. I mean, this is. You know, well, I think the best, the, the best thing they did, and I think I, we might have talked about this last year, is the fact they brought Miggy back. But Miggy flat out said, "I'm here to DH and teach Torque how to play first yeah. base every day." Yeah, like Here's that the little passing those, of the torch. Those little things are tremendous because then there's no pressure on Torque. He gets to just sit there and use Miggy and, and like as a sponge, like just absorb things. It's just yep, it's a game changer. So we'll see where 2024 goes. Of course. Kerry Carpenter, this uh, outfielder, obviously, going in between Riley Green and Parker Meadows in uh, in ADP-wise, around 220, 225 right now. Carpenter's a fun one, man. 20 homers, hit 278. Was uh, you know He got injured a few times. So he only played 118 games. But when he was on the field or in the, uh, on the waiver wire, he was a popular commodity because the boy could hit. What's our expectations on him? Because the way you spoke about Riley Green, Carpenter might be the best fantasy outfielder on the Tigers. 
and let me say this, Carrie Carpenter came out of nowhere for us. Uh, it was a pleasant surprise. Um, we didn't expect him to come up and do as well as he did. But at, at the end of the day right now, he's like a high-end power platoon bat versus righties. You know, versus righties last year, he batted 286 with 18 home runs and those 381 plate appearances. And he demonstrated that he could barrel the ball all over the field. Like you look at his spray chart, there are barrels everywhere. So you love to see that. Uh, now versus lefties, they they didn't play him too often. Towards the end of the season, he started to play every day. But for the most part, he only had 78 plate appearances versus lefties. And he batted 235 with two home runs. I think where he's going, I, I think you're right. Um, he He's my favorite outfielder to currently have. And another gladiator, um, I, I, have, I got him. Um, where did I get it? 15th round in the gladiator about a month ago. So if he hits 250 with 25 home runs, maybe 10 swipes that I love the price for him right there. And I think his ceiling is maybe, maybe 30 home runs. You know, if he can play, if they play him every day versus lefties, it's possible he hits five of them over the year and, and he gets that up. So the plate appearances, I don't know if 650 are going to be there. I think 550. You know, maybe 500 to 550 if they keep the platoon that they were that they had instrumented last year. But I think he's well worth his current ADP. Sweet, yeah, no, I'm a fan as well. So looking forward to seeing how that plays out throughout the season. The newest Tiger, one of the newest Tigers, I should say, is Mark Kana. Um, Got traded to the Tigers early in the offseason, actually during first pitch. I remember exactly where I was when that took place. <laughs> um, you know, things you never thought you'd say. I remember right, where, yeah. where Mark Kana was traded. I'm um, sure his agent barely remembers. Yeah, no doubt. He's like, <laughs> did that check clear yet? Yeah. Um, he has an ADP of around 424. He's on his highest 379, as low as 506. A lot of fluctuation with Mark Kana, but we know there's some power, there's some speed. Um, it's it's more of a playing time thing. Not an elite player probably anymore, but still serviceable. A veteran for the Tigers, we can say. How do you think that's going to play out for fantasy? How are they going to utilize Mark Kana? I think he'll be there. You know, he'll be there every single day. Now, whether or not he's going to be playing, that's going to be another thing. I, I think they're kind of having him as an as a mentor role slash playing. You know, as much as he can at his age. I think he's a deep league streamer. You know, I, I think maybe he's one of your last picks in a fifteen team league. I think that's fine. Um, I have him projected for thirteen home runs, seven steals, batting around two forty seven. So. Okay. I, when is he going to get those? Are you going to play him every single day to get that? I don't know. Obviously, he always gets the OBP bump. Great eye. You know, he does He does walk, so he does get the, the boost there. Uh, I I don't see any reason to currently draft him unless you're in a DC and, you know, he fell all the way down there and you're just looking to fill in bodies. I think he's fine there. But other than that, you'll, you'll stream him. Okay, sweet. Yeah, no, I, I look at him in DC. I'm like, yeah, I could see this, but there's I'm always still something curious. better. There's I'm more, sure, yeah, more meat on the bone somewhere else. Exactly. Because I'm like, I'm not like you basically said. What I keep thinking is, I'm not convinced he's going to play enough to really make it work. And when he, it's going to be frustrating deciding when he's going to play yeah. in your roster. That's going to be the big part. Jake Rogers, we're talking catchers, folks, here on Bench with Bubba, of course. Imagine um, that. Yeah, Jake Rogers, 21 ding dongs last year. I even loved it in 2020. I remember like when he first came up, I'm like, this dude's got power guys coming from the minors. He was like 2K when DFS. Like if he's in the lineup, just plug him in for free, see what happens. Started to get to play every day because Eric Hoss got out of the way and a few others. Um, 21 homers, 221 average. Looks to be the everyday catcher this year, unless I'm missing something. So how are we looking at Jake Rogers? Because for an everyday catcher, potentially, his ADP of 310 doesn't scream people are buying in right now. 
Bubba, I will say this plain and simple. He's the catcher that I have drafted the most in my gladiators. Beautiful. At that ADP, like if he's going to play, why not? And if, if you want to be very careful about it, if and not really gladiator, but just overall, just in your, your season long, you know, regular 15 team leagues or 12, even a 12 team, um, if you're doing two catchers, but especially a 15 team two catcher league, if you get Jake Rogers, you, uh, you need to pay up for a catcher before then who's going to offset the batting average. That's fair. Now, I think he makes a he barrels the ball 12% of the time. So his quality of contact should keep his batting average over 225 or maybe around 220, but yet you're going to, you're going to need to offset that. So um, if you can build in some batting average cushion or maybe over throughout the entire draft, you've been focused on batting average. So you're not worried about that. Uh, then I think he, he'll do fine because the counting stats are going to be there, you know, 22 home runs, you know, 110 runs plus RBI. I think it's possible, you know, for him there. Yeah, and definitely. with where he's going, I also get him and Austin Wells around the same time. You know, our brains are, our brains think alike. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, uh, I apologize for you because uh, those, those are two I guys. I think everything. Those no. two guys I've targeted heavily at DCs and stuff. Cause you can get back like catcher three if you even want to. And having those guys as catcher yeah. threes to me is like awesome to have them as your backup in case something goes wrong. Uh, Cause I think I'm with you with Wells also like some people are not all as all in on Wells and I'm, I'm there too, but that's just not a Yankees podcast, but um, yeah, Rogers uh, I'm with you. I, I think there's something there and like people used to get all excited about Eric Haas, which for good reasons at times when he was playing well, but they're not getting that same hype on Rogers. And I sit there and look at it going, what am I missing? with this like it doesn't make sense to me so yeah well i think when a team's this bad for this long they just some of the the teams go under the radar that's true you know and that's just what's going to happen which is good yes bad or slash used to be bad teams still have good fantasy players that's the beauty of it all matt veerling third base outfit eligible um there's some pop there's some speed playing time is the question how do we look at a guy like Matt Veerling, who right now is an ADP close to 400? As of the most current report, he is, quote, the favorite to serve as the Tigers' starting third, third baseman to begin the 2024 season. So a very careful to begin already thrown in there by the brass there at the Detroit Tigers. You got to love that as a player reading that. Oh, like, yes. thanks, guys. Thanks for having my back. Uh, the positives, okay. He's improved his contract uh, contact rate every year in the majors. So... 266 expecting batting expected batting average over 530 plate appearances that's pretty good he's flashed some power um and his max exit velocity reflects that 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 little bit of power is in there but best case scenario i'd say 15 home runs 15 steals bats 260 you know he he holds the job down long enough and he's able to get get you that and i think that's you know that's middle or uh, corner infield Mm-hmm. you know eligible for you for sure i think there's places uh where he's going i think 15 and 15 is great and i don't know if there's any other place uh where at that current uh that current price where you can get that no not at all not at all the so, close to 400 no yeah, yeah I, that's so, so i think he's 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 good where he's at i think he's um he'll be fine yeah we talk flexible positional flexibility and um in dc he's a guy that has Corner outfield. and outfield yeah. combined, that's tremendous because most corner outfields are first base outfield, which is still nice. Yeah, third base wrinkle at that position is pretty, pretty for your sweet. for your best balls. 
I mean, yes. you know, that's great um, for the DC, you know, for the, for the, draft the 50 holds, rounds. Yeah. yeah. The draft and holds. That's great. You're going to yep. need that. Definitely a punch in the right direction. But if he loses his job, it's not my fault because there's no, a lot of young guys coming up behind him. Yeah. And they're that's all why trying you, to get there. That's why he's picked 400. So yeah. um, that is the one thing about this team. We'll get to that at the end. Is there are a lot of young guys that are yeah. chomping at the bit, which could be fun too. Uh, Javi Baez, got to mention him because he's still the shortstop. His ADP is two picked. His ADP is two picks after Veerling. Javi Baez is. We're living in a world where his ADP is close to four hundred. I think if we would have said that like four years ago, no one would ever believe us on the on the face of the planet. But he can't hit for average. The power disappeared. Power skills told twelve bags last year. It's it's brutal. So what do we think with Baez? Because I just don't even think about him, honestly. <laughs> I mean, you just you. I mean, you nailed my uh, my points. Power is gone. His contact skills have completely eroded. He has no. Um, he has no idea. He's just. He doesn't even know what's going on in the batter's box. And I and I don't think I can really say that about too many hitters in Major League Baseball, where he's just he'll swing at a ball that's literally three feet outside of the uh, the zone, and then a fastball will go right down the middle. So I just there's something going on there mentally, physically, whatever it is. I think he's toast. I think that's I think that's the end of it there. Um, if if you're super desperate, I could see in a DC just grabbing him because like they're going to have to play him. I mean, they're paying him so much money, so. Uh, I project him for around 12 home runs, 10 steals, sinking yeah. your batting average. As your third shortstop in a DC, you could do worse, honestly. He's, but he'll play. He'll until be on. He your, doesn't. He'll be on your roster. Break glass in case of emergency. That type. Of yeah. Player. Yeah, I'm with you there. Let's talk Zach McKinstry because we have to. But um, he's interesting. You know, he's got some. He might, uh, you know, platoon with guys like Andy Abanias or some other guys on the roster, but we've seen McKinstry uh, again, a little bit of pop 16 steals last year in 148 games hit 230. What are our expectations on McKinstry who also has an ADP of 403? A lot of these guys going around the same spot. Yeah. And that just means no one really knows what to do with them. And McKinstry, the team should be good enough where he doesn't need to play 148 games or whatever it is. Um, you love the you love the the flexibility. You know he he pretty much has every single type of uh, positional flexibility you could ask for. Second base, third base, shortstop, outfield. So he plays everywhere. He's going to be the utility guy for the Tigers, just like last year. His defensive versatility is excellent, but he cannot hit. Just you know, it's just not in not in the cards for the young man. So if if he plays as much as he possibly can, I think around four hundred plate appearances, plate appearances, maybe eight home runs. 10 steals, but you never know when you're going to get them as well. Um, again, another dart throw, but I think very limited upside. I, I won't get them anywhere. All right. So, yeah, people are excited probably for the flexibility. That's about it. That's about all you get. Uh, there's like Andy Abanez. There's Nick Maton. Some people like still. Um, anybody worth mentioning? Like we'll, we'll talk prospects later, but right now on the uh, potential active roster. No, that's pretty much. Uh, let me just let me scroll down here to the other the other gentleman. Um, Not much. No, as you can see, this the um, yeah because we'll get in the Colt Keith obviously. Yes. Um, but no, we can keep it moving. They can barely feel the professional team as it is. We don't need to look at the bench. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> now let's go to the pitching staff for one of the most volatile names on the fantasy baseball radar because as it we, should be. You either love. Tariq Skubal, 
or you like him but don't think he's worth the ADP, or you just think he's just not worth it. Type. I'll thing. take, I'll like, take the like, middle one, Alex. Yeah, that's you and at. you and I are in the same boat. I think the skills are legit as can be, but an ADP of fifty-two with like Aaron Nola right before him. Um, you have likes of let's say Freddie Peralta, Framber yep. Valdez, like a bunch of dudes going after him. Tariq's really good, but the concern I have, and then the floor is all yours. Eighty innings pitched last year, that worries me. What are your thoughts on Tariq School? Because I just don't think the workload's going to be there to be your potential ace. Yeah. So starting off, I mean, he did return from a flexor tendon surgery, so that's in itself. I'm glad he got over that hurdle, and he. Did, from July on, he was absolutely incredible. Um, 88 innings pitched, 80 innings pitched. Velocity was through the roof. It's the highest we've seen it. The swinging strike rate was elite. He had a 28.4 strikeout minus walk percentage, which to put that into context for the listeners, the league average is 14.2. So to have 28.4 is absolutely elite. It puts him up there. Um, only Spencer Strider had a, had a higher uh, uh, strikeout minus walk percentage. So, I mean, that's that pretty much says it all. But the problem is here, he has Bieber fever. And what I mean by that, Bubba, is just like Shane Bieber, um, 2020, he played all of those bad teams. And look what it did to him. It made him look like he was a Cy Young candidate. And it wasn't it wasn't that bad for um, for Scooble or that good for Scooble, but it, it pretty much was. Because you look at the 11 teams he faced, the average uh, WRC plus, if you average out all the teams, is 97. So over those 11 games, he was always playing you know, below average competition. So he played the Royals, he played the A's, the Angels, the White Sox twice, um, and also your Giants. Yeah, that's fair. <sighs> Imagine, after 80 innings pitched of that, you're taking him over, like you said, Nola, Freddie Peralta, Fromber Valdez, even Blake Snell, Logan Webb, Max Freed, Logan Gilbert. Like I'm yeah, taking yeah. all of those guys over Treek Scubel. And it's not 100%. even it's not even close. I, I'm actually happy that this is this is happening. Yeah. It's so one, yeah, one guy you don't have to worry about. Because like if he's going Logan like seven, Exactly. Well, like if if Scooble's going even 70 picks later, all of a sudden you're really scratching your head at draft time. Right yeah. now you can just walk right past him. Those are the best players. You can just like, nope, just moving on. And yeah, like you said, Logan Webb, Indians eating machine, runner up in the Cy Young. Blake Max Snell, Freed. Cy Young Award winner. Like, you have all these dudes. I like Freed over him. I think him and Peralta, it's close. Yeah, because Peralta's poison. got his injury concerns as well. Yeah, pick your poison. I would go with Peralta. So would I. You know, if I had to pick one. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's an easy it's an easy no thanks. And if you're going to be flashy in the first round and try to get that guy, go for Yamamoto uh, yeah. a round before and just enjoy that. That's a good point as well. And yeah, like, I just want to bring the Freddie Peralta thing because I love Freddie and it's just fun. It's like you mentioned all those awesome stats from um, from Tariq Scooble. It's like people aren't giving Freddie his flowers as much either, it feels like, because his second half of the season, he had a 30.6% K to walk, um, yeah. a 254 ERA. Like he was as legit as they come. I'm not saying you weren't, but. No, no, I get stuff. it. No, I saw, I think that was one of the Bloom boards. No, yes. didn't he come up with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just. But my, my point is, like, there's all this scuba love in the fantasy community, and Freddie's just kind of chilling. It's yeah. like no one really talks about Cause it. Because he was. Two years ago, he was that guy. That's right? true. He, That's fair. He, you know, I, it's just like anything else in this community and maybe in life in general. They just want the new the new thing. Scuba, I think he's going to be a good pitcher. I think he's going to be fine. I don't yes. think he's – I don't think he's going to be a top 10, top 15 
fantasy pitcher by the end of the year. Let's see him get through a full season healthy with his good stuff. I know he did it once in 2021, but 80 innings pitched against the A's is not enough. Like just for fun, how many innings do you think he does throw this year? 147. Okay. And then that, that, that leaves about two, like the IL, maybe yeah. a 10 day, you know, okay. two or three starts missed. So, yeah, we'll see. That'll be interesting. The one, like, close to the 150 mark where people start going, well, quality over quantity, blah, blah, blah. So we'll see. Which how is that fine. You it know, is. I just, it's, it's more of just, it's a very small sample size. And I understand yeah. he flashed amazing tools, but let's see him do it for a one full year before we're taking him over NOLA. 100%. Yeah, I agree with you. So glad to hear that even the Tigers fan is on the same page here. They Tigers did make two new uh, starting pitching acquisitions via the free agent wire. Uh, the first being Jack Flaherty. This is an interesting one to me because he did have signs last year with the, when he got traded to the Orioles, like, oh, there he is. And then he had signs of, oh, wait, there he is again. Um, you know, almost a 5 ERA, 4.36 X FIB. He's, at least he threw the innings, which was good to see, but it was a very, very up and down roller coaster. Right now, you can get Jack Flaherty with an ADP of around 375. So, what are you seeing when you look at Jack Flaherty? Is this just like a, you know, don't pass go, don't collect $200, or what are we doing here? Bubba. As a friend, I'm telling you, I would not draft him under any yeah. circumstance. Perfect. 144 innings pitched last year with a 5.06 XERA. He walks over 10% of batters, and he's not doing it in the Blake Snell that Blake is so focused on nipping the corners and getting the strikeouts that he's fine with walking a few. No, he can He cannot command um, the ball for five innings. Uh, below Below average strikeout rate as well, always injured. And I just don't – I don't play, like, the mental makeup too much. But I just don't vibe with him. I, I'm, I don't think he's uh, – it came out that he was behind the Wilson Contreras. Like, uh, like he was the one complaining about him being, you know, his his catching. And he's rubbed the, that, the Cardinals organization the wrong way for years. Like, he refuses to stay on their plans for injuries and all this other type of stuff. That doesn't really matter, but it's just – it's just another feather in the cap. Uh, yeah. It's more the FCRA and the fact that he can't control his pitches whatsoever. That's fair. That's very, very fair. I, I have zero shares, so uh, I, I'm with you on that one. The other acquisition the Tigers made was Kenta Maeda. And Kenta Maeda, when healthy, is usually a very serviceable pitcher. Strikeouts are there. You know, he's not an ERA beast, but he usually doesn't crush you in this era of baseball. ADP of 250, it's just... 104 innings, 106 innings, 66 innings, 153, 125. Innings are an issue with Kent So what are your thoughts here? Because like, like I said, the stuff when he's on is very, very good. It's just how often is he on? Yeah, and I think that that argument that you brought up uh, earlier about, well, he'll get you 130 good innings. I think that one fits here for Kent I know he's 36 years old and he's finally, he's about a year and a half now removed from the Tommy John surgery. So I think this is going to be his last year. If he is going to be able to continue it in 104 innings um, in 2023, he had a 3.76 Sierra with a 20.80 walk or uh, strikeout minus walk rate that places him between Jesus Lazardo and Scherzer. You know, I mean, so that it's good company there. He had a, the home runs were a problem last year. And that actually that goes for Joe Ryan and um, yes. a couple of the other twins pitchers. I don't know what was going on over there, but uh, 1.47 home run per nine. I That's going to naturally go down because of Comerica Park, you know, especially at the beginning of the season for those first couple months in the cold. 
Splitter, one of the his splitter looks great. He has plus command. How long will he last? If he gets a, if he gets you 140 innings, I think you're you're going to be really happy with that. Yeah, I don't disagree. I that's just always my concern is how many innings do we get? Because when he's on, he's on. He's really really good. So it's going to come down to your roster construction and what did you yeah. do with your first four or five pitchers in front of him? Hundred percent. That's a good point. You know, did you did you build your? Do you have a bunch of you know people who could potentially get injured or have you? Do you have a firm base where now you can take a couple upside shots where I think he's one of those. No, it's a great point because I definitely have been more focused on innings, guys, a strikeout upside early on. So, Kenton might actually fit my molds as I start doing these drafts. So, I will keep that in mind. Next pitcher here, Reese Olsen. Uh, this is a guy that really blossomed last year. It felt like, you know, sub four ERA, uh, got you 103 innings in the bigs. You combine that with Triple uh, A. We're talking close to 140 now, which is great to see. Uh, ADP of around 275 as well, similar to Kenta Maeda. So what are we thinking with Reese Olsen coming into like his first real, real good, like big chance to, I guess, shine with the Tigers? He's a wait and hold for me just overall. Uh, last year, 4.06 year, which is really good. A 16.6 K minus walk. Gave up uh, 1.22 uh, homers per nine, though. And the command has always been a problem for him from uh, from the minors, you know, up. So his slider is good, and, but the problem is that's it. Like his other his other uh, secondary uh, tertiary pitches don't complement his slider yet um, in, in any type of way. So as you watch him, that's why he's not really being able to, to get to that next level. And I haven't seen that yet. He's going around mid mid nineteenth round, you know, eighteenth nineteenth round. Seth Lugo's there, Taj Bradley. Yeah, I think I think Olson has more upside than those arms. So I think again, if you built your roster where you can start taking some shots, I think. He's fine if he's your last pitcher, you know, on a on a week to week basis, you know, and you're streaming them in good matchups. And I think it's possible he has uh, SP four upside if everything everything goes very very well. But uh, conservatively, if he's your last pitcher, it's okay, and you can move on from him if he's not good. Beautiful. Let's talk Matt Manning because he's technically penciled in as your number five. Talk about a guy with that's you know came up with high expectations and it's been quite the roller coaster of emotions with Matt Manning. Yeah, what are we thinking this year? Can we we trust him? ADP of four thirty three, or is it just better to kind of move on from Matt Manning? Move on four point uh, five point four eight xera last year with a fifteen point eight k percentage. I mean that's just that's that's awful. There's yeah. there's nothing I see. There's no reason to draft him as of right now. All righty. Moving on to the bullpen real quick here before we talk all these prospects. I'm really excited to hear who you have in mind besides Colt Keith, of course. Um, Alex Lang. Alex Lang, just <laughs> everyone kept waiting for him to get his head chopped off, basically. And he ends up with 26 saves and found his way to to get those saves, even though it was choppy at times. You have Jason Foley. To say the least. Yeah, he had Foley, who's good. Uh, Vest had his moments of being good. They bring in Chafin. Shelby Miller gets signed. They said he has closing abilities. What are you doing with the Tigers bullpen when it comes to draft day, especially maybe in a draft and hold format? Well, let's say he gets out of spring training with the with the job, Alex Lang, which I think he has he has the best shot of everybody so far. So that's in his favor currently. Um, as we know, we always draft for the role with closers, not the um, not their upside or their you know how how good they are. The skills don't matter if they don't have the job. So as of right now, Alex Lang he has the job. But let's say if he does keep it, last year he had the worst walk rate in all of baseball at 16%. Ooh. 
Whew. He's walking 16% of the batters he's facing. Um, that's that's not good. Um, that's that's devastating um, on a night-to-night basis to have to be able to pitch out of that. Um, so I, I'm not sure if he'll be able to hold on to that role for, for too much longer. He The good side, he does a good job limiting uh, hits just overall. He has a good ground ball rate, um, but his job is just not stable. And this just goes for, for your listeners in general. If you're at this current time that Alex Lang's going, if you're getting your first closer, you have screwed up. Oh, yeah. You would need to get somebody before then. Jose Alvarado's in this area. Jose LeClerc, whatever's left of Robert Suarez and his role there after the Padres bought everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, where he's at, you, I would, it's, it's not good in a, in a draft sense in a 15-team league. And I don't think he's going to be able to hold that role for, for, for the entire year. I have Foley and different uh, gladiators. And then you add in the Shelby Miller um, wrinkle that they said he has, you know, back of the, the bullpen stuff. So you hear that if you're Alex Lane, you hear that. You're like, Oh, thanks man. You yeah, know, appreciate so, it guys. Awesome. Thanks for setting me up. Um, again, the, the, the Tigers front office is uh, very interesting to say the least. Alex uh, Alex Lane feels like that meme where in Goodfellas where Joe Pesci's walking into the room and the guys yep. are behind him and the camera's yep. coming from up top. <laughs> Alex, like somebody, like I'm not good at that stuff, but somebody's put like Alex Lang's face on that, like the front office on the ones behind it, or Miller yep. and, and Foley and stuff right behind. Like, like that would be a perfect meme. Just gonna throw it out there to anybody that's creative. Yes, uh, <laughs> someone's got to get on that. But um, yeah, so uh, for Lang, I would compl- I would not even. I wouldn't do it. I think you should have already invested in um, your relievers before then. And then you can take a couple shots in a couple rounds after him, you know, if, if you're, if you're not wanting to secure it, but Alex Lang's not worth it. Yeah. For me in a world, if you are drafting Alex Lang, he's already like your third or fourth reliever is the way I look at it. I mean, that would be and great. At, at that, at that point, you might as well wait and get, take some of these other shots is, uh-huh. is, is where I'm, I'm sitting on that. So it's very, yeah. Like, and I took the chances on Lang last year and it was what it was, but he wasn't also my top, you know, couple, same scenario. So yep. we digress on that one. All right. Let's talk prospects um we'll start at the top well you, you can lead the show the, the way here because you know the prospects but i know colt keith's the one everyone yeah. really really wants to hear about so let's just start with colt keith who is uh something special to say the least yeah so well first off he crushed high a pitching and the arizona fall league did you get to see any of his uh um... oh yes we did yeah okay so you got to see it in person what, what did you think i was very impressed very 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 impressed like the dude looks I'm not a prospect guy. I'm not a scout, but he looks quite polished compared to a couple other players out there. Let's put it that way. I know the overall the AFL's talent was down from a, especially you know from a hitting perspective from when it years you know when it was Mike Trout and Bryce Harper all those years back. But the fact that he's still standing out, you know, in that sense, which is exactly what I heard. Do you happen to remember what it sound? What what the ball sound like off the bat? It was loud. Did it get like get your attention? Like yes, there, like like Manzardo would do that. Colt Keith yeah. would do that. There was a few guys where you're just like, whoa, okay, yep. yeah. See, so, yeah. so he's crushed uh, high pitching AFL league. He, he he was incredible. He's the 25th ranked prospect on MLB.com. So a lot of times we'll see with the the Tigers organization, they'll have these prospects who who they rank very very high, and then when you go to cross reference them to any you know any any of the prospect guys specifically mlb.com they're never this high on him so in other words he has national recognition which is good to see just overall from a fan's perspective 
Um, and there's, we're not seeing uh, prospect growth being linear at all. Like he could come up at any point next year. And I think it's possible midsummer that, that he does. Um, but I'm extremely excited. Especially uh, when you mentioned the third base thing situation already. It's like yep. they're just leaving those platoon He's, players there waiting for him to make them say, hey, come here. It's your job. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's an inside job as they say. Um, So yeah, so I, I see him taking over the hot corner. It's not a, if it's a win, you know, when he does. Who else are you looking at? I know Jace Young, Jace Young, uh, Josh's brother is a name. I've heard a few places. Yeah. There's there's a handful though. So who who do you got here? Yeah. So he, in high a, um, Jace struggled. I mean, you know, so that was in 2022. So we were all a little bit worried there. Um, But then he got, he got healthy. He was able to, you know, strain together. Um, you know, he went across two teams in, in 2023, and that's when he hit the 28 home runs. Uh, he, he, the strikeouts are there. You know, he does strike out a, a, at a fair amount. Um, but I think I don't think he'll be as good as his brother. You know, not, not to make that that matters, but I, I don't. I think if we're expecting him to come out of the gate like that, I, I don't really see that. But uh, again, with the with the Tigers situation being so fluent, there is no reason not to take a shot. You know, one of your last picks, you know, in a DC, just to see if he, you know, he may come up at that point. Uh, but I, he won't be there for opening day. Okay. Anybody else that uh, stands out to you? Because, like I said, I keep scrolling through their prospects, and yeah, there's options. Yeah, there's a bunch. Let me see here. I mean. I mean, I want to go Justin Henry uh, Malloy. Malloy, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was so the, the Tigers acquired him from the Joe Jimenez deal a few years back. So he's from the Braves organization, which has proven to be pretty good over these last couple mm-hmm. of years. So that's a good sign. Um, Steamer doesn't know what to do. They've projected him for 66 plate, uh, 66 plate appearances. So we don't know, you know, how that's going to fold out. But in AAA, he hit 23 home runs, bad 277. Third base has obviously, you know, has been a huge problem. Um, Offensively, if you combine the uh, the WR or the WAR for offensively for third basements, the Detroit Tigers ranked last, so they're bad on both sides of the ball. So anyone can take that spot. Um, so he's a guy that that offensively I'm going to be watching uh, over the spring, and he's 24 years old, so he's not that you know he's not this young guy. Like he's ready to be in the um, in the majors, you know, from an age perspective and as far as the seasoning goes. Um, so yeah, that, that's the guy that I would uh, keep an eye on as well. Uh, what are we expecting from Casey Mize this year besides trying to get $25,000 from the Tigers? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, it's, um, Casey Mize shut down his throwing program last year without giving the Detroit Tigers any notice. Oof. And that clearly pissed off the yeah, front office because they're going to nickel and dime him now for that. So who was now your first overall pick? um is now you know fighting over twenty thousand dollars or whatever it is um overall for mize he has he's the the good the good here is he said he's uh, aj Hen said he's going to have a normal off season and there's no there's been no plan of any type of pitch uh, restrictions yet so he's a guy you just have to watch for spring see how he looks see where the velocity's at see where his stuff's at He's completely changed his arsenal each year, so I don't know what to expect there. Um, so he's a guy that, again, if you're drafting him, it's going to be you know, it's going to be one of your last picks. You know, it's a it's a 
potential shot. He's going to pitch. He's going to pitch as much as, as he possibly can. So there's going to be numbers inherently built in that. But I don't know what to expect. I'm going to have to see him in the spring and see how he does for the first couple months, and we can kind of go from there. What about uh, Nick Pollock's favorite, Sawyer Gibson Long, who came out and uh, shoved quite a bit there to finish the season? Yeah, so right now he's not projected to be in the, in the rotation base. opening day, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, but injury history of Maeda, Manning, Jack Flaherty, I mean, who knows how long he'll be able to say. Uh, but, man, he's one of my favorite guys as well. Last year, he earned a 2.52x ERA with 26 strikeouts and 20 innings. His walk rate was high, but that has a lot to do with how he makes hitters chase the ball, um, mm-hmm. specifically his changeup. He works that away a lot, and he gets a lot of whiffs, but it can sometimes lead to um, to walks there. Uh, again, I think if he's one of your your last picks, I think that's perfectly fine. I think he has more upside than like Bryce Elder or Josiah Gray or Frankie Montas, you know, which is kind of in the um, the range where he's going. Yeah, so three the three ninety ish ADP is very interesting with him. Yeah, so um, I'm ex- I I'll have a I'll have a team or two with him. But if I was to draft one team and one team only, I would do something a little bit, you know, I, I would go with something a little bit more conservative. But there's upside there, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't not go for it, you know, if you can do it. Do you think we get a taste of Wilmer Flores this year? I don't think so. Okay. Nope. That was one of the hot commodities at AFL, so I was wondering there. And then, uh, what about Alex Fado? We like that's our Fido. That's another guy, like a yeah, big t- a top prospect at one point, and it's just been another a, one. It's another been a mess. That, another one that bites the dust. So I didn't even bother coming up with a profile for him. That's As funny. of right now, he's 100% off my radar. Um, and he's another – we had four or five, like, really early picks on pitching. And mm-hmm. maybe one of them's turned out. So I don't know what that says about the organization and their ability to their ability to build that pitching. But um, we'll see. I think it, it needs to go to the mantra. Let's draft hitters and sign pitchers instead. Let's go that yeah, direction. Let's, let's move it around. Looks like they, they're kind of doing that right now, it looks like. so. Or they do it before uh, – they do it how they used to do it. They would just buy people. Like yep. the Tigers would have $100, you know, $200 million payroll like yes, when, it, it, when it wasn't cool to do it. Yeah, um, Lander and company, it was fun. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. So now we just uh, – it's building from within. So everything you'll see from the Detroit Tigers is trying to showcase their farm and what they've been trying to build the last few years. We don't know what we're doing in free agency, clearly, because Javi Baez is our, our big get. Um, but I think overall it's going to be a, a better – I think it's – if we're 500, I'll be happy just overall. Okay. Well, that's – there you go. 500, w Again, that could be close to competing in the AL yeah, Central. So true. that'll be fun for sure. But uh, appreciate it as always, my friend. That was yes, fun. Sir. Um, like I, I joke about it a lot, but I, I – I will end up talking about a lot of these players on fab previews each and every week. That'll just yep. happen because matchups will dictate it and they will have their moments. Like I had, there was a, like a two week Andy Abanez. Heck all the tigers and twins were like very popular the last week of the season. Cause they had like eight games or something. So these guys will be relevant at one point in time. For the DFS guys too, like you said, oh, yeah. you know, they, they're, they're slept on um, for some, for good reason. Let's not, you know, yeah. let's not get it twisted here, but they're still getting four or five at bats every day. And they're cheap as hell. That's why I love them. Like yep. you don't, so you don't need them to go like Jordan Alvarez on the place, but some of them can potentially yep. do that, which go. is a beautiful thing. But make sure y'all check out um, Marty on the Twitter at Marty underscore Tallman. And of course, triple play fantasy 
coming at you guys every Wednesday, correct? Or Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday that's, depends that's on the yeah. uh it depends on what Art's doing with his women of the night. It happens. <laughs> Little cheesecake. He's a, a, man, <laughs> a man of the a man of the people. In case if any of his family members listen to this. <laughs> Yes. I was kidding. Yes. Maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe. You never I don't know. know what he does. We'll see. We'll see. And if you guys are listening to this, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Marty, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Uh, we'll yeah, you do, sometime. man. I appreciate it as always. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for the upcoming season. And if you get nothing from this podcast, it's uh, Spencer Torkelson's. Uh, he's going to hit 40 home runs. There you Beautiful. go. Beautiful. Beautiful. There you go. 40 dong torque. All right, everybody. This was Bench for Bubba, episode 630, your Detroit Tigers season preview. Catch you all next time.